0: hello everyone java coming back at you with a great episode the amount that we can learn from old people is amazing and today we talked with larry marino about taking a step back talking to an old person and realizing just how much you can learn from them what a great episode here we go Welcome, everyone, to another edition of True You. Today, we have a phenomenal guest. I got to be honest with you, just talking to him right now before I click record, I just feel like me and Larry have already connected on so many levels. So, I'd like to welcome Larry Marino. Larry, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I really like listening to your show, and I was glad to be invited. Thanks.
0: It's a pleasure to have you on our show. And I got to be honest, like I just told the listeners, I really feel like we've already connected on so many levels, and I find myself, everything you're saying, I'm nodding my head like, yes, yes. So, Larry, why don't you first tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, so I'm a West Coast boy, grew up in San Francisco, and I still like to, you know, represent as much as I can here. I always have $40 (laughs) stickers all over the house and all over my body. (laughs) So, you know, we're San Francisco people.
0: By the way, I, I used to have Joe Montana's rookie card. Just so you know,
1: for real, for real, yeah. Where is it?
0: I sold it. I sold it during the pandemic, actually, because you know, football cards and baseball cards are a hot commodity right
1: now. It's <laughs> <lovely. That's laughs> yeah. Joe Montana. That's that's so- yeah.
0: I kept it for like thirty plus years, and then I finally sold it. It's crazy.
1: Could I have your autograph, later? <laughs> <laughs> but go on, go on. Play us uh, more. You well, know, anyway, I moved out to the Midwest back in the eighties and went to grad school became a pastor and a missionary, served overseas. Our people are Roma people. And I think people from your background understand what gypsies are and what Roma people are. We're very collective people. And, you know, we are the greatest people and all that kind of crazy ethnocentric way. But I've been a sort of like a missionary and I did a lot of human service work to the gypsies in Eastern Europe. Still doing it. In fact, I'm leaving this week to go back there because I haven't been back for three, four years now because of the pandemic. So I'm happy to go back there and see what we can do, check up on the work and maybe sometimes have to yell at a few people like, what happened here? <laughs> what are you guys doing? And so we have such a great team. I mean, they're just, man, you guys would love them. And and I, I'm always so appreciative that I get to be a part of this. And so that's great. I've been retired about five years now. And some young guy said, hey, do a podcast. And I said, no. You do a podcast. We're young. We <laughs> said, no, no, come on, come on. Okay. So then we realized that I've done so much mentoring over the years and that's how important it is. And so I said, okay, well, I'll do a Misfit Mentor podcast. And so that's been working out. Our new season comes out September 6th. And so I hope people, and we're especially designed for guys like you, Java, middle forties guys who are so busy, you can't breathe. One of the things you guys deal with is, you know, back when I was 45, it was hard. But I think it was like Disneyland compared to the stuff you guys have. (laughs) So, yeah, that's us.
0: That's great. And what's the name of your podcast again Uh, for the listeners? Mentor
1: with Larry Marino.
0: Awesome. And I will agree with you. I just feel like I've, as the listeners know, I have two young kids, a four-year-old and a one-year-old now, four between five. And um, between that... You know, I have a day job teaching that I love, and I, I do podcasts, and there's so many other things I do, and I just picked up a college job, and yeah, it's, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. You
1: know? yes, <laughs> I like it. yes, you are. God bless you, because you're a giver. You know, you like to give, and you know, there's not as many givers around as there used to be, so we're counting on you. so take good care of yourself, you know.
0: Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I really do, and I appreciate your kind words, but Larry, let's get into what you talked about. So as the listeners know, I let my guests pick the uh, title or topic for today. And I know that you picked listening to older people. <laughs> and I'm
1: and of course, I'm old. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, that's not why I did it. I, I no, that's great. People. Then tell us why. Because we all know that, you know, you're in seventies and so you're, you're older than us, but like, why, why
1: did you pick? All right, let me explain. Okay. So Please. in my culture, and I think in yours too, you know, there's a lot of prearranged marriage. I was a pre-arranged marriage guy too. Sure. So my parents were pre-arranged, but they were just little kids, you know, 15, 16. So they had kids very early. Well, in families like ours, you know, you got little kids trying to raise children. And there were three boys right away, you know. I was in the middle. And so, you know, they had to ship one of us off to the grandparents, you know. So I was raised by older people. And what I really liked about older people, especially grandmothers, and it might be hard for some people to relate to this, but please listen. Here's what grandmothers knew. When I would leave the house, my grandmother would always say the same thing Don't be stupid. <laughs> all right, now think of that for a second. Don't be stupid. She never said, Hey, be a good boy, or Hey, behave, or whatever. Okay, because first of all, If somebody would have said to me, be a good boy, that would mean don't go out. (laughs) Because if I go out, I'm not going to be a good boy. But the other thing about what she said made you realize that she knows you're stupid. You know you're stupid. You know that your stupidness can get you in a lot of trouble. So don't be stupid. Now, this woman could not read or write. But how is it that she understood something that the ancients, and I mean the ancient ancients, understood about how to teach about God? And the way they would teach about God, they wouldn't say, like nowadays we say, God is love and God is this and God. That's not how they did it. They would say it like this. God is not like a man. God is not like this. He's not like that. And if somebody would ask a question, the answer was always, no, he's not like that. And so we call it the, uh, in Latin, the, the via negativa. But in English, it just means the negative way of teaching. Now, when your kid gets older, I guarantee you, if you have any brains at all, you're not going to say, what's your boy's name?
0: I have Two girls. All
1: okay, those uh, one? ones, Jade. Okay. J-A-D-E. Okay. okay. Yeah. Jade, don't be stupid. You're going to say <laughs> it. And she'll know what that means. Because kids know what stupid is because they do it all the time. Now, that's just one example. And again, I do not in any way include myself in that long, wonderful, storied group of people who knew how to raise people and knew how to talk to kids and knew how to teach them things. I'm not in there. I mean, I, do I aspire to it? Yes, I had five of the greatest mentors the world has ever known, five of them. I mean, most people never get one. I had five. Now, I think that tells you something about me. And this guy was really dumb. This guy really needed help. And everything I did, whenever I was in a problem, the mentor showed up. Just like Obi-Wan did. You know, when when Luke Skywalker stayed home, Obi-Wan never showed up. Right, and people always contact me and say, "Oh, I need mentoring." I say, "Okay, where are we going?" You know, I don't understand the question. <laughs> well, unless you're going somewhere, you don't need me. Right? You know, Luke Skywalker gets on the spaceship, and now he needs Obi Wan. So, if you're not doing anything with your life, you don't need mentoring. And you know, you know what happens because you see it with college kids; they want to get everything, you know, just perfect, and then they <laughs> and then they want to try something, you know. Right, and you have to tell them it don't work like that.
0: Right,
1: so I really love mentoring in that it helps people get where they want to go, and they're in the driver's seat, not me. You know, I'm only the mentor; they're the hero of the story. And if people can get to that and realize, so you mean I'm like the Luke Skywalker? You're the Luke Skywalker of the story. Well, that can inspire them sometimes, and. I'm just here when you get in trouble, you know?
0: So are you then saying that we should look at older people as our mentors?
1: All the time. I don't care if they're on the street. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I couldn't be more serious. Do you know that I've been talking to young people and old people for so many years? I used to teach cultural anthropology. So in our courses, I would always begin by asking what can older people do or not do to be more helpful to you young people? What can somebody my age learn today from you guys to be better at helping? And of course, every year they'd be a little sheepish at first. And I'd say, look, I'm a big boy. I can, I can <laughs> handle it. Just tell me. Finally, somebody would always say the same thing. Don't judge us. Okay. It always came out something like that. Don't judge us. Sure. I get that. Point well taken. Point well taken. I think you're right. What else? Try and listen to us. Okay. And then I'll never forget the one kid. He was brilliant. He said, look, I want to learn stuff like, I don't know how to change a tire or whatever. I actually don't know how to do that, but I really don't need to hear about how great you were back in the seventies when you changed a tire. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then one guy, completely unbeknownst, like what I did on the side, he says, yeah, and like, we don't need like a sermon or something like that. Because I never tell kids that I'm a pastor until we're like halfway in, because, you know, it's like, they're all going to quit, you know, they're going to drop the class if they know it's taught by a pastor, we better get out of (laughs) here. So I wait until we're friends for a bit, and then they go, huh. And you know, they always say the same thing, John, but they would always say, You're like a pastor, like a real pastor. I said, yeah, real pastor. And I'd always get this. And this is supposed to be a compliment. Listen to this. Gee, you seem so nice. (laughs) 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 Is that great? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of the way it is. And when I talk to old people, they say, well, I would love to help young people. I said, well, why don't you do it? Well, they don't ask. Well, they're not going to ask. They're not gonna ask. We have to initiate.
0: What I'm getting from all this is that you feel from what you've experienced, from what you've taken in talking to younger people, is that younger people want guidance. They want to hear from what I gathered, they don't want to hear a story. They'd rather hear, hey, this is how you how you How's change you the world. This is how you change the tire. Yeah. This is let me let me teach you a couple things here. Yeah. You know? Actions. Am I correct when
1: I say that? Kids absolutely love it. A, an old friend of mine got a job at a hardware store, and he said to me, "Wow, I have these three kids on my team, and you should see Larry. They're they're so wanting to learn how to how do you unload a pallet and how you do this." And I said, "Well, yeah, of course they're they're young." He said, "But I thought, and he thought, ah, they don't want to learn anything. They're kids, blah blah blah." And I I just really hate that. I just hate that. I hate that I'm part of a, you know, a crowd, the boomers that, I mean, we are well known to be ridiculously bad about young people. And, you know, we should remember what happened to us. Where would we be without old people back in the day? I always say I'd be the guy you see on the street with the paper bag and the bottle, you know. (laughs) i would be that guy on the street you know but man i had great people look out for me and you know talk to me pretty strong when i needed it and mentors are just i owe them i can't pay them back because they all died but i want to pay it forward that's why i do this
0: well larry god bless you i think it's amazing what you're doing i compliment you like no other kudos to you you know, for speaking from my own personal experience, I will say this, because I know you hit on grandparents and mentoring and all that. So I grew up here in America and I was originally born in Iran and my, my grandparents on both sides never made it over here really until only one or two of them did much later. One of my grandparents on my mom's side, my, the grandpa, I got to know him a little bit, but he ended up living in Israel I only saw him one time. It was very difficult. And then, of course, he passed away. And then my grandma, my dad's side, who was the only parent there, my dad actually grew up without a dad. And we called her Nana June in Persian. And she was wonderful. And I only saw her two or three times. And I was already much older. But I can tell you right now that I remember being younger. And I remember going to, you know, because they would have, for example, like an elementary school, they would have grandparents, stay. And I would go to different birthday parties and the grandparents would be there and grandparents and, and I never had that. I never had that experience. And so for me, I'll tell you right now that I, I understand what you're saying. And I understand how important yeah. grandparents can be to a developing child, somebody growing up. Yeah. And so for my children, I'll tell you right now that my mom and my in-laws, my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law both know this that I think it's very important that they're very involved in our kids' lives because I never had that. And I know that I wish, there were so many times when I would go to a birthday party and see the grandparents. like, I wish I had that. And I just had to accept that I didn't. But to tell you that I wasn't sad sometimes, I'd be lying.
1: Sure. It was sad for a lot of kids who didn't have grandparents. And now you're in a position to make sure that your kids And always insist upon it. I mean, I was mentoring a lady not that long ago who was having a problem with the uh, 13-year-old boy. Yeah. And nothing she did was right. Nothing, 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 nothing. So I asked about the grandparents. I said, well, how does he get on with the grandparents? Oh, he does well. So it was getting to be summertime. And she said, just from her own mind, she said, what do you think would happen if you spent the summer with the grandparents? I said, gee, that's <laughs> that's a simple fix. And of course, the kid came back. He was fine. And I told, tried to tell her, I used to do the same thing. I mean, kids at a certain age just get like that. And the only thing that fixes them are grandparents. Because the great thing about grandparents is this. Most kids will never talk back to their grandparents. I never did. I never would. True. Never. I'm, Very I don't true. know what they did. But they were always so nice to me. And you know, my grandparents were rough and tumble people, you know, like they would throw ashtrays at each other. Hey, you son of a then they'd throw something. And then she'd throw a dish. Hey. And then my grandfather would look at me and go, Hey, you want to get Chinese later? Okay. Hey. And then they'd just go right back to it. It was just normal, you know. But to me, yeah. never a crossroad. And so I I just totally believe that the day will come for you too. And one of your kids will just, you just can't handle them. And grandparents pull the best out of children in ways that I, I can't, even, can't even explain it to you, but I know there's just something so great about it, but it defies description, but make use of them.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And for all of our listeners out there, I hope that you are taking the time to be, if you have grandparents. Yes if they're still alive, if they're in your life, that you enjoy the time with them. Because as we all know, it, it can can be over before you know it. Yep. And you never know when it's coming. And you know, you need to appreciate that time. And, and like I said, like my dad died four and a half years ago. He was my best friend. And I would give anything in the world for my dad to be in my kids' lives right now. Because I know he would never get tired of them at all. Like never. And he would just really just embrace everything about them. And I think that they would really appreciate that, love that. And I also agree with you that I also, looking at the other factor here, that I also think that the grandparents have a tremendous effect positively on the children. And they help guide them. They help take care of them. But not only that, but they, you know, you're right. Like the way that they act around the grandparents is... How they're also going to act around other people, yes, outside of the parents, yes, and that's really important. Like to me, like I remember just the other night, like watching Jade and how she interacted with these individuals that we that we are friends with, and I was very thankful that she acts the way she does and that she's very open stuff. And I know that that's partially because that's the way she acts towards the grandparents.
1: Yes, yes, and that this is how you learn how to be in the world. And right. it's absolutely so important for children. So when we have Grandparents Day, you know, my kid didn't have grandparents around either. And uh, he's a little younger than you, Java. But I had a lot of people around here in Indiana who would come on that day and and be his grandparents. And now I do it for other people, too. And it's just really thrilling, you know, to to be able to have a community where Older people, I mean, if you really want to have a good time, take your kid to a to a senior center sometime. Just watch. I mean, she'll be the rock star, you know. Yeah. Everybody will love her. And yeah, we older people, we just love children. I mean, gosh, it's the last years of my work when I used to work every day. And I've always found myself hanging out at our school yeah. and the preschool and playing with the kids. <laughs> Yeah, the older it's really true what they say about old men and children. You know, we we just really like each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. I do want to hit on a couple of things that I think a couple of questions I Please. have here that I think are very, one is like, I know that before we got on this podcast, you were talking about experiences and, and traveling. I know that you listen to my travel yeah. podcast. You really enjoyed it. Can you elaborate on that? Like why? Like, and I know that. You said, I think you've been to 20 countries or more and all that experience. And I know, you, again, you've, you've had a wonderful life. You're 70 years old. I'm almost 70 now. Can you tell us a little bit about that yeah. and what you've learned from it
1: all? I, I really, really, because, you know, I don't think I've ever really heard anybody talk about traveling the way you did with such affection and respect for the whole idea of it. That Wow, what a great time in history. Within hours, I can be in Israel. Or I can be in Slovakia, where, but you know, when I started traveling forty years ago, I didn't know that it was going to be such a part of my life. You know, and it just turns out that it is. If I don't travel overseas for a while, I just don't feel like myself. You know, it just it gets under your skin because the way other people look at life and the things they say to you and the things they appreciate about, let's say, being an American. I was in a refugee camp years ago, Java, in Germany. And so I walked in, and there was about 100 people there. And I started walking around and meeting people from all over Africa. A lot of Syrians were there. Very sad stories, very sad stories. And so part of what we did that day, we had a supper, and then the leader said, okay, let's all talk about where we're from. So everybody said, you know, Sierra Leone, Syria. Israel, this and that, all over the place. And then Linda and I got up and said, we're from the U.S. And all of a sudden, they broke out in this wonderful U.S.A., U.S.A. And I was so humbled and so touched that they still love us, you know. And I just couldn't quite take it in. And so I asked a number of them who had English good enough, and they said, oh, but you are the hope for us. That's how they said it. You are the hope for us. And you know what? They say that to you. I mean, you got to be made out of stone to not have that do something to each other. Absolutely. And so that's part of traveling. But what I really wanted to talk about was something you said, which was such a great point. You said, okay, so there's these three things about traveling, which is really great. So I thought, okay, what's this guy going to say? Let's see if he really gets it. Absolutely,
0: I feel the pressure. Yeah, because,
1: because I was waiting to see if you were going to say the third one. And you did. You said, it's all about self-discovery, folks. When you get that. And that was the one that you said was the most important. And it is the most important. In fact, I used to do what you did. You said you used to have these evening, what did you call them? Deep. You didn't call them debriefs.
0: I use the term character building okay, session, well, yeah, you know, like, yeah, then. yeah, go ahead. But yes, it's, so we'll it's called it's, it's debriefing. Like, yeah, debriefing of the day. Okay. Like, well, what did you
1: say? What did you learn today? What was weird? What surprised you? Whatever. So we do this and people would be dead tired because if you have to get up at six. You're doing your own service work. You're with people all day. You haven't really eaten. Maybe you had a sandwich or something, but you know, the beds are terrible. The food is lousy. Everybody's at their worst. Hey, you want to go overseas? <laughs> I always tell people, please don't get romantic about these trips I do, whatever you do. So I always paint a, a bad picture. So if anybody wants to go with me sometimes, just know. <laughs> this is good. But so I'll when, go with you. When you go there, yeah. the debriefings, that's when it really comes together. And the more I thought about it, I made myself a note that, you know, back in the 90s, when I used to do this, That's where I learned the chops to be a mentor. That's where I really, really learned mentoring because I did wonder: you do this for a while and you get good at something, and then you think, "Well, how did this happen?" I'm not, you know, gifted in this. I don't think, but yeah, there was that time in my life from the '90s to the early 2000s. Man, I was overseas more than I was home. I was taking so many people and. We had so many debriefings and we wrote training manuals based on those debriefings. But what happened to me, Java, was I found out that, oh, I can do this. I can mentor people because I never would even think that, you know, I could be a mentor because I had these mentors that I put up on these pedestals. I mean, these are great men and women who mentored me. And so how could I think that I could do that? And then when I started to do it and I called my mentor who was still alive at the time, he said, well, you should keep doing it. I said, really? Yes. You can do it till you're 90. All you have to do is, <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> and the weird part is when we buried him a couple of years ago at his dinner, when we had the dinner, the weirdest thing happened to me. There were so many guys there, like, he used to mentor and all of a sudden java all of them one by one had come to me for some mentoring that night yeah and it was like oh so you mean like now i gotta take his place and i do think something like that must have happened to me because i really take this mentoring seriously now it's not something that i like to do i think it's something that It it kind of won't let go of me, actually. And I'm so grateful to be able to do what those great men and women did for me. I mean, and if I could do 1% of what they did, I'll die happy, you know.
0: So it sounds to me like the experiences that you went through traveling helped you realize you. Helped you realize, like, what you're passionate about, what you want to do in life. How do you realize, like, this is Larry Marino. This is what I'm meant to do. Do you know how many people
1: who've known me for a long time have said that, have said, Larry, you know, we liked you as a pastor. Yeah, we liked you as a missionary. We liked you as our professor for anthropology. But this, what you're doing now, these were preparations for this. It's like, wow, I know I'm a slow learner. (laughs) But I'm 69 years old, you know. It really takes me a long time to get the basics, you know. Well,
0: do you think that the traveling... So so why do you think the traveling is so important for, well, for our listeners? Like yeah. Why do you think it's so...
1: One of the problems... You know, do you know why people go bungee jumping and want to go up Mount Everest? Isn't it obvious? Our lives are too safe, you know.
0: yeah, right. Or too simple. Yeah. Right.
1: Simple, <laughs> safe. And then, of course, I feel bad for little kids who... They're in a room... And then they go in a car and then they go in a room called school and then they don't even get that much recess anymore. Then they go back in the car and back to the room and they do that every day. No fresh air, no adventure, you know, I know you're not going to be that dad. You're going to let, make your kids go outside and say, come on, get some fresh food. Because, you know, ordinarily they, they just want to stay home and play with video games. But What I found is that you're at your worst when you travel. Let's be straight. You're at your worst. And it just is. You can't get around it. And I've taught plenty of training courses to prepare people for overseas travel. And I think I'm the only one who says, this is horrible and bad. And you probably will regret. Want to go? (laughs) Want to hear a funny one, Java? I've never lost anybody. And I've had everybody come back and say, thanks for telling the truth. I had a lady who's a dentist, and she, you know, dentists get recruited all the time to fix teeth overseas, one south and so on. And she came back, and she was so upset. I said, well, what are you so upset about? You should be happy. You went on a trip. Well, yeah, but they try to make it out like it was this great thing. I said, oh, they lied. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's terrible. The food's terrible. You know, you're lost in the language. You feel like kind of an idiot the whole time. And I think, you know, that's part of it. When you feel like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what these people are saying. And I pretty much feel stupid. Well, that's kind of a good thing, isn't it? I mean.
0: you're, You're being taken out of your
1: comfort zone. Yeah. I mean. And really all you do, my mentor would say it like this, Java. he would say, Larry, I'm not going to ask you to leave your comfort zone at all. I said, okay, what do I do? Just asking you to expand it. (laughs) That's all. Just make it a little bigger and now go overseas and go get some work done. Yeah.
0: You know, I go and tell you, I've been dying to do a podcast on experiences and because to me, I I truly believe this. I, I think that Yes. Uh, do I like to read? Yes. Do I gain a lot from reading? Yes. But to me, like the one thing that really stands out, like when I learn the best, when I really take things in, is when I go out and experience things. And so for me, like I've been over to Europe, I've been to Australia, I've been to other places, and seeing, and I know we used this word earlier before the podcast started. I me and you were talking to see other cultures and to see how other places do things differently than us. And again, I I never like to say one place is right, one place is wrong. I don't work like that. I look at like, okay, here in America, because that's my reference point, we do this this way. But here in this other country, they do it this way. And like, wow, like, let me ask why. Let me find out why. Like, again, to me, there is no right or wrong. I know that, and I think you made a point, right? Like, we're all egocentric in the sense like, oh, wow, well, we probably do it the best. We've got... It's just about seeing other ways. It makes your mind more open, and that's the word that always comes to play: is you become much more open-minded.
1: Yes, am I correct? Yes, and I love that you do take teens, don't you? I hope
0: I used to. I, I don't. I don't have the time anymore. Oh, so good. I don't have. I'm yeah. married, two kids.
1: You got to be. Awesome. got to be younger to handle. Them. But what I loved when our son used to go, and I'll never forget, he got invited to speak in all kinds of places. And what always came out of his mouth was, gosh, I didn't know we had so much stuff here. You know, he saw kids his age who would get so excited if we gave them a pencil, a pencil. And then if you really wanted to be super nice, then you'd give them a notebook to go with the pencil. And then they'd be like running off and telling everybody, look what I got. And and I said, wow, I have a lot of pencils, notebooks and You know, I have everything. And so what I love is that it really does help you to see that, okay, I don't have to have all these things that I have. And it it helped us to, you know, there's that book by Richard Foster, The Freedom of Simplicity. Do you know the book? Yeah. It's a great book. And uh, he makes some very, I mean, he makes some cases that are hard to argue against that you don't really need that stuff. You'd be much happier, you know. Yes. And Linda and I are leaving Thursday for overseas again. <laughs> and we thought we were so great last night because we got all packed and we don't have to leave till Thursday. Look at us. So we're getting ready to go to sleep. Turn out the light and Linda turns on the light and says, I think we packed too much stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we take half out? Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I've traveled for three weeks with a book bag. And I had a better mind than when I took all the junk with. Yep. So you got to travel light. You
0: do. You do. If there were,
1: if there were a couple things,
0: and I don't know if it's three or five or whatever that you would say, young people can learn from older people. You know, if you could narrow it down to two or three or four things, what, what, what would it be? Yeah. What would be like that you should
1: seek out? When you go to an older person and ask for advice, make sure you got to ask the right way. Okay. So always ask them this. Old people know something so simple. We know what not to do. <laughs> right. What not to do. It's that right. dual negativa again. It's that it's the negative way of understanding something because to do it the other way, you really can't get it. You say, well, you got to right. do this. You got to do that. Well, That doesn't really help me. But when an older person says, look, don't get married until you have a serious discussion about money, like a real one. Mm. How are you going to use money? I mean, a lot of people break up over money. Great, great point. You know, so what not to do? So that covers, I mean, that'll cover so many situations. Or when you start a business, don't involve your friends. Okay, don't do that. That's not good. Or your family. Never really works out. So always go to old people when you want to know what not to do. I mean, that's just a rule of thumb.
0: <laughs> I love that one. Go to older people when you want to know what not to what do. What not to it. do.
1: Or as my grandmother's day, how to not be stupid. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, so there's that. And the second thing is. Ask them. And here's the thing. Old people will never. I'm the only old person. And I'm telling you, no old person tells you this. You can check anywhere in the world. Here it is. Old people are just as scared as you are at 19. Sure. The same. No different. But I'm the biggest tradie cat in town. (laughs) And I've traveled a lot of places and done a lot of things that, Most people wouldn't even imagine doing. Right. But how did a frady cat do that? You probably know the answer too. Yeah. You just do it anyway. Yeah. But if you wait and you know, a lot of people wait for the scary feeling to go away and they say, well, the scary feeling goes away, man, you guys are going to see a courageous person. Never happened. And I think old people know this other thing because they've lost a lot of People, not just through death, but dumbness. So remember this. Don't wait to have some kind of lovey feeling before you forgive somebody. Forgive them first. The lovey-dovey feeling might never come. Who cares? But man, people hang on to stuff that is so bad. I mean, people go to funerals and the kids ask, how come we don't like this guy? (laughs) Well, whatever. They don't know. Because they forgot. But wouldn't it be better to just say, ah, whatever. Okay, we forgive you. Ah, we forgive you too. Okay, shut up. Hope I never see you again. Same here. But it doesn't matter. But it's really important. And sometimes when you're old like me, you can't say it to the person because they died. But did you know that you can still forgive them? You can still do it. And so I, I think people forget that they can still do that, even if they don't have a friendship with the person. Right. makes sense?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. If there was one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self, oh. I think well, we'll of know. So what, what would it be?
1: To my younger self, I you come up with these anyway. You know what I would say to that idiot? Here's what I would say to you. Yes. I would say you cannot believe how great it's going to be when you get older, so please, don't be stupid.
0: <laughs> I think we should leave on Won't that try. note. I think that's a great right way. Larry, I really appreciate your time with us today. Oh, well. uh, you've been awesome. You've been wonderful. Thank you. Um, I hope our listeners gained as much as I did. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming oh, oh, out. Oh,
1: by the way, while we're still on, I think it would be great to have you on our show sometime, too. Oh, absolutely.
0: Sign me up. Okay. Sign me up. Great. it would
1: be my pleasure. All right, my good friend. Thanks, and God. God bless all of you.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Larry. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of True You Character Building. As always, if you'd like for me to come out to do a presentation, a workshop, I would be happy to come out and do that for you. You can always check us out on our website, www.shuyucharacterbuilding.com. And you can check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we have a Facebook group, Shuyu Character Building. As always, we're crushing it. So are you. Thank you so much.